0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, the house of the mouse goes back to the future, replacing its current CEO with its former CEO. Lisa Wilkinson leaves the project, but what really happened behind the scenes? And Neighbours is back. We reveal the big plan that will see it return bigger than when it left. Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This is TV Blackbox, the podcast.
0: Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry.
1: Well, hello there, I'm Rob McKnight and welcome to TV Black Box. I'll get to the panel in just a moment. But first, it was during this week in 1968 that the apparent first interracial kiss was aired. I am not afraid. That's right. 54 years ago, Captain Kirk and Lieutenant Uhura locked lips, even after NBC executives directed the actors to turn their heads away and only imply it. While it is greatly contested as the famous title holder of the first interracial kiss on television, it certainly was groundbreaking at the time. And only a year after the Supreme Court forbade interracial marriage. All right, let's meet the panel now. And he was the host. He's gone back to secondary player, ready to fill in should something untoward happen to me, and I fear tonight that it might. Hello, David Robbo Robinson.
0: Hello there, Rob. Always check your brakes, buddy. That's a little tip from
1: (laughs) (laughs) TV Black Box contributor, Matthew Simmons is with us. Hello, Matthew. Hello. Thanks for inviting me once again. And tonight, our special guest is the super producer, none other than herself, Abby Mickelson! <laughs> Hello, Abby. Abby. Hello, thank you. Good to have you here and your television insights. Alright, let's get into it. And in a surprise announcement that no one saw coming, good neighbours are about to become good friends once again. After being axed earlier this year, the neighbours reboot has already been announced. Stefan Dennis, Alan Fletcher, Ryan Maloney and Jackie Woodburn have all been confirmed to reprise their roles. Production is said to commence early next year with Network 10 retaining first-run rights in Australia. It will also be available on Prime Video in Australia, New Zealand and Canada and Amazon Freebie in the US and UK. Robbo, here's some little intel. I've been hearing neighbours, by all accounts is coming back to the main channel. It will <gasps> well, be on Channel 10, not 10 Peach.
0: Which is where it belongs. And remember how, how long it took for the for the finale week to even get back to mm. 10. They took ages to mm. confirm it. And I think for a long time they had no intention of ever putting it onto the main channel. But this is where Neighbours belongs. It is its rightful home. How exciting just to be those actors and the producers and the crew and just think oh, we're out of a job, and then this comes along. It's the only time that I think that Bezos has done anything good. Uh, this is probably a decision that he probably made personally. He's been a very big fan of Neighbours for a long time. Um, but I, I, I think this is wonderful, great for Australian TV, um, and, and good for 10. I mean, get it back on. Uh, the, the question is, though, Rob, where's the, uh, where will it be playing, and will it affect another show? Well,
1: <laughs> at the moment, I think it will be 6 o'clock. Obviously, you're getting at a 6.30 start, and if that happens, what happens to the project? Well, we can assume that it would either be a cut-down version or gone completely, and I think when we talk about our next story, we might jump into that a little bit more. But let's, Matthew, focus on the whingers, the actors who they only found out the same time (laughs) as everybody else. how outrageous! Give me a break. This thing would have leaked like a sieve if more than those four (laughs) key actors knew. If they've got those four key actors in place, they know they've got a series. And even Mm. if it's a new street, even if it's a new cast of characters around them, Neighbours will be fine.
3: Oh, Mm. exactly. Um, Well, there's no such thing as a secret in television. And the fact that there really wasn't a whisper that this was even going to happen, the Neighbours returned. So I think it was smart for them not to include anyone else. And... Look, you, I, you, I I agree with you on the on the cast, but I, I do think that they'll probably approach some more of the other cast members that were around when it finished. Would. And 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 why would they say no? What? Because, oh, well, you didn't tell me when it was first coming back, so I'm not going to come back. That's not going to happen at all. Of course, you're going to come back. They're what all job? out
1: of work. They it, will take the work at any price. They give exactly exactly.
3: Um, look, I just I wonder if it's going to have a bit of a different buzz because obviously when the finale was called, everyone was reacting to it. Everyone come in to watch the finale. Does that mean when it comes back, is there a bit more of a buzz to it? Maybe that's worth being on the main channel because there might be more viewers than than what it was previously. I think it's actually quite interesting to see how this will turn out.
2: I don't think there will be a buzz. I don't think I think everyone's moved on. I it wasn't rating before. I don't know why it would rate now. It will be like less than a year when it's rebooted. That doesn't really count as a reboot. It's more a short hiatus. And I think People tuned into the finale so that they could be a part of something special in a big Australian media moment. And then the next day we all moved on. I don't think anyone really cares. I don't understand this decision at all.
1: Well, Channel 10 didn't want it to stop. Channel 10 just couldn't afford to keep it going. It needed a broadcast partner. It couldn't find one. Amazon's come to the party. And you've got to remember, Abby. Amazon get the fullback catalogue as part of this deal. It's a good deal for Amazon. It's a lot of content. I can't wait to go back and watch the first Scott Robinson and then him become Jason Donovan. Uh, that'll be really interesting to see. But also, I think you're being a little bit harsh. I think there is an intrigue about it coming back, and it will depend how it comes back mm. as to whether it can sustain the buzz because there definitely is a buzz about it coming back.
0: Uh, I think the biggest buzz will come from if they can get Kylie Minogue to maybe say two or three words in
1: <laughs>
0: the first couple of episodes. That'd be fantastic. I mean, a, well,
3: yeah, maybe maybe they knew, so they held her over. They said, okay, we know that we're coming back. So we'll, can we, your, your ten words, can we yeah, cut yeah. it down? We'll do three here, yeah. three there. Yeah. And then in our finale in four years' time, when we have to cancel it again because of the low ratings, we'll get you to do it your final yeah. three words. <laughs> I think that's perfect. That's Mm -hmm. a wonderful plan.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Well, just weeks after the shock announcement that Carrie Bickmore would be leaving the project, her Sunday project equivalent, Lisa Wilkinson, well, she's also thrown in the towel. Here's what she had to say to viewers.
4: Um, I have decided that it's time to reprioritise a few things in my life. And after almost 15 years of the early alarm of Breakfast TV and now another five years here at the project desk, I'm looking at how I want the coming years to play out, both professionally and personally. So from tonight, I'm stepping back from hosting the show.
1: Lisa went on to blast the toxic media for the pressure they had placed on her.
4: To be clear, I'm not leaving 10, and we're looking at some very exciting work ideas ahead. But I also have to be honest with you. The last six months have not been easy, and the relentless targeted toxicity by some sections of the media has taken a toll, not just on me, but on people I love. Don't get me wrong, I'm not above criticism, far from it. I'm human and I don't always get it right. None of us do. But by God, I've tried. I've given this job everything I have and I hope you at home know that. (laughs)
1: After five years at the desk, she has stepped down effective immediately, ending her announcement with a nod to Lisa Sales, Tracy Grimshaw and Carrie Bickmore, who all resigned from their respective programs this year. Abby, this is interesting. The Sunday Project doesn't rate, but I think Lisa might have re-signed a big deal. I, my spidey senses always tingle when someone leaves effective immediately.
2: Mm. Mm. I feel like I'm in the minority on this podcast and in general. I'm actually really sad about this. I admittedly don't watch The Sunday Project regularly, but
1: <laughs> I'm sad. No one does. I'm, I don't yeah. watch it, no. but I'm sad that she's not there. Yeah, I'm sad. No,
2: <laughs> I'm sad depending on what her next move is. I want her to continue to have a platform. I don't know if she will or not, but I hope that she does. I think.
1: No, I reckon. I don't know where she's going to go because well, and that's what I, d- I'm I about. can't see any scenario where nine takes her back. No. Um, but she she's said that she's sticking ab- with ten. Yeah, because she's still yeah. on contract. Yeah, right, okay. Which makes this even more intriguing that she's still on contract and yet couldn't give two weeks' notice to have the big farewell. Carrie Bickmore is going to have a big farewell Mm. to farewell the project. Tracy Grimshaw has a one-hour special and then Mm. another episode to actually say goodbye. Mm. Lisa Wilkinson says, oh, by the way, I'm leaving. I've got three minutes to wrap it up.
2: But do you know what? If I was her as well, I would be fed up. And maybe it wasn't her decision, maybe it was taking her word for it. And that being her decision, I would also be fed up. She's treated like garbage. Women and media in general are treated like garbage. We see it time and time again. And I'm really sad for her. And I think growing up with her on my screen, she made a very big impact on my life. And I just really respect her as a journalist. And I am sad that she's gone. And I hope she does something else soon where she still has a platform.
1: Look, I think that's fair enough. I've actually over the years been a huge fan of Lisa Wilkinson. Um, I think the problem here is that it's a bit disingenuous to blame the toxic media when you have thrived off the headlines generated in news media websites. You've made money off those by getting product endorsements by your star power going up. And to then say, well, it's unfair they... Take a photograph of me sipping a margarita. I mean, who cares? But that's
2: fine. But I think there is a line, and I think the way she has been treated has crossed that line. Even just last night. In what night, way is she being treated? The things people say about her, even last night, on like, and I know Twitter's a rat hole, and it's not. The best representation of society. But the like sexist, misogynistic slurs that people were using, even about her just last night, is insane and ridiculous. And we see it with that. Yeah. And we see it with so many women in media. And it's like, it's just exhausting. And I'm sad that that seems to have now gotten the better of her.
1: I think toxic social media, absolutely. Hmm. But the toxic media is something I just can't really buy. You, you, especially when. You know, it has been a controversial year for her, especially with the whole Brittany Higgins trial. And and Lisa said this, she's not blameless. she She's not perfect. Mm. None of us are. But I think it's disingenuous to blame all your woes on the media.
2: I don't know. I didn't... That's not how I interpreted her statement. I, yes, interpreted it that she did say that it was toxic and that that has been a big element that impacted her decision. And I think both things can be true. I think, yes, she's benefited from the media, but also I think she's bore the brunt of Mm. some really appalling behaviour.
3: I feel like ever since she left today, Lisa Wilkinson has been under a lot of scrutiny and a a lot of criticism in the media and and online. And I'm not too sure why that particular jump from 9 to 10 makes that because people have jumped networks before. But And I'm not saying that makes her that, that she what she does it makes it any better. But it's just kind of like for, for five years, it, it has felt like it's been a very, a, a little bit more heavy on her than what it has been for a lot of other people. I I think that that's kind of where Abby and I are thinking. Yeah,
1: look, I actually think that's a fair comment, Matthew. One of the things I would say to that is she misrepresented the narrative. Her argument with nine was about pay for sure but she basically tried to imply it was a sexism issue, that they wouldn't give her pay parity with Carl Stefanovic, who was doing 60 Minutes, let's be honest, was the biggest star of the show. Now, if the roles were reversed and she was the biggest star and doing 60 Minutes, I would argue she should get more pay. But she wasn't delivering what he delivered at that time to the network. Mm. She got rescued by 10. Now, what her wage is, it has been a lot of rumour, a million dollars. And she didn't bring ratings with her. So mm. when you come over on a big ticket contract that's rumoured to be around a million dollars, there is pressure on that, deservedly so. There is pressure on Carl Stefanovic in another story we're going to get to because the Today Show isn't winning at the moment and mm. it's been beaten by News Breakfast. Mm. And yes, there should be scrutiny on their pay. This is why TV stars get paid so much. They are the face. They walk down the street, people recognise them. People make judgments. People tune into shows because of them, and tune out of shows because of them.
2: But people and don't. That's why you
1: get paid. But people don't treat
2: Carl, treat Carl Stefanovic the same way that they treat Lisa Wilkinson. In what way? In any way, There's, he doesn't receive. And are we the talking same... about
1: the media, or are we talking about social media?
2: Uh, I would say both. Like and by media, I'm referring also to websites like Daily Mail and things like that. He, whilst you're saying that in the upcoming story, where also there are struggling ratings and he also is under pressure, there isn't the same commentary about him as there is about Les Wilkinson.
1: In in what way we get uh, articles about him having some beers at floods and stuff like that?
2: It's just not. It's not the same. It's not the same scrutiny. It's not the same belittling. It's just. It's not the same. It's just not.
3: Yeah, Rob, I, to be honest, I can't, I can't give you an answer, but I can understand the feeling. I, I feel the same as Abby, but I, I, I unfortunately, I can't tell you why. I don't, maybe it's just how the story is written, how mm-hmm. they follow up one back to the other. I don't know what it is, but it, it does feel different with Lisa Wilkinson for some reason. I don't know Robo, why.
1: We've got it. These new generations. We've got to make decisions on feelings because they I'll feel s- it. They can't provide oh, any actual proof. Oh, right, I'll, I'll, I'll send then, you an itemised
2: list out. at the end of the podcast.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> Sorry, anyway. Matthew, I couldn't resist.
0: <laughs> she does editorialise a lot, so she does put her opinion out there. And if you're putting your opinions out in a in a in a big way and very forceful, and and, and she should, like mm. anyone should, mm. anyone should, but that means you're also. You know, putting yourself out on the clothesline as well. If you yeah. if you're going to editorialise and have these really important, uh, you know, big five minute segments where you just sit and speak to camera, well, people are going to interact with that, and that just comes Molly with it. Gets if it. you want to be criticism, yeah, if you just want to be a, a reader, that that's fine as well. But she does put stuff out there and people are going to respond to that whether they and i'm not i'm not condoning bad behavior i'm not saying because she has an opinion um that she should get that but i'm just saying that that's kind of also that should be taken into the
3: mix mm-hmm. no yeah i get that for sure
1: Well, there's been some stunning developments at Disney with CEO Bob Chapek pushed out of the role to make way for his predecessor. The Mouse House announced Bob Iger would be returning to lead the company going forward. In a statement put out by the board, they said, we thank Bob Chapek for his service to Disney over his long career, including navigating the company through the unprecedented challenges of the pandemic. The board has concluded that as Disney embarks on an increasingly complex period of industry transformation, Bob Iger is uniquely situated to lead the company through this pivotal period. Chapek had just signed a new multi-year contract in June. But his tenure had been rocky, marked with controversies and distractions, from the aggressive campaign against Marvel star Scarlett Johansson that resulted in a settlement over pay for Black Widow, to Disney's response to Florida's so-called Don't Say Gay bill. Chapek has had to deal with a wide wide array of public misfires during his relatively brief tenure atop the company. But in addition to the public controversies, Disney's business has also begun to falter in recent quarters. JPEG's ouster comes on the heels of a third-quarter earnings report that spooked Wall Street as spending on content and marketing for Disney's direct-to-consumer platforms hit its projected peak of $1.5 billion in fiscal 2022. Matthew, it's not often a CEO is replaced by the guy who came before him.
3: No, not at all. Not at all. It would be funny if uh, the American elections follow that in, in 2024.
1: <laughs> That's an interesting you uh, <laughs> way
3: of looking at it. Controversial. Oh. The problem
1: is it's been a rough couple of years for Bob Chapek. He's sort of gone from one issue to the next. I mentioned Scarlett Johansson. There is the big beef in Florida um, where he didn't respond to the Don't Say Gay bill and then he was forced to by the employees of Disney to support them. Then he over overstretched, overreached, you could say. That annoyed the governor of Florida, DeSantis, who is a possible presidential candidate in 2024. The governor of Florida turned around and said, we are going to put big restrictions on Disney World. We're going to take some of your autonomy back. And that's created a whole biff-baff with the uh, company. Maybe with Bob Iger coming back, that will be resolved uh, with new management. But basically, it came down to costs and Wall Street. When Wall Street starts turning against you, you're in trouble. Even though Disney projected these losses as far as producing content, they advised the market this would be coming. Wall Street didn't react well. And when Wall Street's not reacting well, the board has obviously gone back to what they know and what was success, and Disney had a lot of success under Bob Iger. All right. All right. The ABC has come under fire this week for a failure to disclose the salary details of some of the broadcaster's highest-earning employees. Liberal Senator Sarah Henderson slammed the national broadcaster for failing the transparency test and acting in a matter of self-interest. Senator Henderson had requested the ABC's managing director, David Anderson, to reveal the pay details of staff members earning salaries over $230,000, plus any bonuses and allowances they received. But Anderson has repeatedly refused to release salary information and cited the public interest immunity doctrine in choosing to not hand over the requested details. The impasse comes as the ABC is in the middle of a long-running pay negotiations where voting will be open to ABC employees about a new wage deal offering increases of 3.5%, 3% and 2.5% through until 2024. Nevertheless, Senator Henderson argues that the ABC should mirror the BBC, which publishes the incomes of high-earning employees. Robo, do you think the salaries of ABC staff should be made public? I don't
0: think so. I, I don't really see the point of it. I'll tell you right now what's happening. Uh, in the studios of Sky News and in every newspaper around the country, the article is already written about how it's absolutely outrageous and it's disgusting and look what they're doing. They've literally written the article. All there is is there's a couple of Xs where they need to insert the names of the person and the money they're getting. So I kind of understand where he's coming from – we know what's going to happen. Mm. Just we, we know exactly what's going to happen, and we know the reason that she wants to find out. Also, it's not a failure. I saw this in this article, a failure to produce it. Well, he doesn't have to. He's chosen not to at this point. I think it's absolutely fine. Um, it, does it change the way that viewers watch it? No. Who cares? No. It doesn't matter. And it's only so News Corp can get its knickers in a big old twist.
1: <laughs> Abby... This might shock you, but I agree with Robbo. I don't think oh. the salaries need to be disclosed. Um, the fact is, we know we know that any presenter on the ABC is getting paid far less than their commercial yeah. rivals, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and but you still want quality at the ABC.
2: I agree. Eighty percent. I Ooh. there is a twenty percent part of me that understands why people want to know. But I do. But think is
1: that for any legitimate reason except for oh, Michael Rollins earning such and such? We all now know. No,
2: but I think it can be done in a de-identified way. So I don't think it needs to be person A is earning this, person B is earning this. If there's this two hundred thirty thousand dollar number, I think it can be x amount of employees earning above that for a total sum of this amount of money. I don't think it needs to be a like, person-by-person breakdown of their salary. Sure, But yeah. I do understand people wanting to know how much of that money and their budget is being allocated to those higher salaries.
1: Matthew?
3: Yeah, I um, basically everything that everyone said. I, it's not my public interest. I don't really care, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever. Oh, I'd love I- to know. I mean, I, love I would love to know, but see, you and but I, I like, know. out of a gossip reason, I would want to know, but exactly. like, I, I don't care. But <laughs> that's, I, w- that's I what I mean. Why, why does Why does the BBC publish it then? Like, what? Like, what? Are, so their
1: because they broadcasters- were pressured into it by a very public campaign about accountability. It, 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 you know, if we think the ABC gets it in this country, times it by ten, what the BBC gets mm. in the UK, probably times it by a lot more. Mm. Um, the The fact is. Uh, there be- it becomes this argument about public broadcasting and the right to know, you know, people think it gives them ownership to know every single detail about mm. what's being spent. It's my money. I'm putting in that $0.08 cents a day or $0.16, <laughs> cents, whatever it is now. Um, but that would be like saying we get to know every public servant that's over 200 yeah. and, what was it, 30000 mm. No, we don't get to know that. Uh, the high, the the biggest managers on the big bucks, absolutely, that's standard. But what presenters and directors and all those kind of people are getting really is not a n- reason for us to know. The ABC right. gets an allocation of funds. It's up to it to manage its budget. Yeah, and right. I think this is just chasing a headline. I agree with you, Robbo that it's, it's just a bit of it's a idle app. gossip that they can use against the broadcaster. I think there are many reasons to go the ABC at times. I don't think they're perfect. I like what the ABC does. I'm a fan. And they absolutely should be held to account, but not on individual pay negotiations.
3: Mm-hmm. For sure. Agreed.
1: Mm. Well, can't believe we all agree on an ABC topic. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the breakfast TV wars continue to heat up, and while Seven Sunrise proves to be too much of a match for the competition, the race for second place is a tight one. Last week's rating saw ABC News Breakfast attract more eyes than Nines today on four out of five mornings. From Tuesday, November 15 to Friday, November 18, ABC beat Nine. The largest gap between them was on Tuesday, where 19,000 viewers separated News Breakfast and Today. On Friday, though, only 2,000 separated both programs. Abby, this is quite interesting because we're always hearing about the battle for breakfast TV. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think this is an indication of where things are heading, although we've seen... We've seen ABC Breakfast, News Breakfast get above today before and then fall back down today, claws back.
2: Mm. Yeah, we've definitely seen the peaks and troughs of it. I do think this trend will continue, especially if Ali does go to a current affair. I think the Carl and Ali duo is really good, Um I also think Michael and Lisa on ABC News Breakfast do a brilliant job. That is my choice. If I'm going to watch a breakfast show, that's where I will go 100% of the time. Um, but I do, I think it'll still go back and forth as it has been for this entire year, really. But I do think if Ali leaves, then we'll start to see ABC take the lead. Well, to second place a lot more often. Uh,
1: and and Robbo, do you think there's a reason this is happening? Is the chemistry not working on today? Is it the content, or is it just that ABC News Breakfast just doing a really good job?
0: Well, I think that ABC News Breakfast has always had a, a slight difference. Yes, they have certainly changed from when they first went on air, and now they're a little bit more like the other two. But I think there's still a clear difference. And then if you got sun, if you have Sunrise in today, uh, Sunrise is legacy, so they've they've still got all these legacy fans. And, and sure, there are people still, you know, discovering it, but They've got all of that there. The problem is, I tweeted about it, guys. Uh, I'm sure 14 <laughs> of you saw it. But this is—it's uh, what I said. Australian television lost its character because it no longer allows or appreciates genuine spontaneity and hijinks. Now there is plenty of opportunity on the Today Show to have to let things just go, let things happen, mm. and just be a little bit different. Get that spark back and 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 just genuinely have fun. Obviously, you know some of the fun feels forced. No, 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 exactly, because it is too forced, it's overproduced. Mm-hmm. Just relax a little bit. Let some spontaneity happen. You know, let's – because everyone is in, in meeting rooms going, okay, we're going to do this and we'll do this and then we'll get Carl to do this and he'll do it exactly like this. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, everyone can have their skits and, and that's, that's great. But just re- relax a little bit
3: mm-hmm.
0: and just see what, what possibly can happen.
1: Good advice. Yeah. All right, it looks like the TV industry finally has confirmation on whether streaming companies will be compelled to produce local content. Federal Arts Minister Tony Burke this week confirmed that the government will introduce Australian content quotas for streaming services that mandate they spend a certain amount each year on local shows and films. Already forced upon free-to-air networks and Foxtel, it means streaming sites such as Netflix, Prime Video and Disney Plus will also have to meet local content requirements. According to the Arts Minister streaming companies have already been notified that such quotas will soon be in- introduced even if the design of the quota hasn't been finalized. Matthew, this seems like a good thing to me. I think if the free to airs have streaming content quotas, so should the so should the streamers.
3: Yeah, absolutely. we we've, we've talked about local content quotas for streamers before. I think it'll be a, a, a bit more interesting when we know what that looks like and whether that's 20%, whether that's 10% here and 5% there. But, you know, I think anything that gets out local drama, local comedy, local whatever, is great. And, look, we're seeing that a bit with Netflix, like Heartbreak High, uh, Big Success, That's Australian, and there's plenty of other shows that I, I think can be made here and be really successful and not just made to, to fill a certain... Uh, number, I think this is this is a great result.
1: Robo, the streamers didn't want content quotas because they said having content quotas may mean we'll spend less because we'll only go to meet those content quotas. Whereas if we don't have them, <laughs> we might spend more. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> The He's old, on the old idea. Trying of, it on, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the old idea of uh, look, we'll self manage ourselves. You know, yeah. we'll we'll do that and and we'll do a really good job, uh, but we won't do anything that we should. Uh, look, content quotas are great. I want to see more Australian stories, and with the money that the likes of Netflix and Disney Plus have, um, you know, that, that should be good. Uh, Stan does a really good job of original stuff already. They they yeah. do a fantastic job, I think, um, and I'm I'm really quite proud of Stan because I think that's what Stan should be as well um so they're they're you know they're
3: doing great and i really like stan i think it's important to note that stan is like they're connected with nine unlike netflix prime video and disney plus like they're american entities that have come over here like i want to see them especially make the content because stan i already trust to do that for exactly the same reasons that you said but like definitely prime video netflix you guys need to make local content too so you, you being a streamer here is really worth it
0: if you take our money, make our stories.
1: Well, Stan's doing that for to have a point of difference and to have local mm. content mm. and actual content without having to rely constantly on overseas distributors. Well, this week, Seven's longtime Adelaide news presenter, Jane Doyle, announced her intention to retire. After 33 years with the network, the much-loved and respected news broadcaster called time on a long and distinguished career in which she presented the highest-rating 6pm news program for 22 consecutive years. Wow. Abby, do you notice her retirement wasn't effective <laughs> immediately? Oh, my God. I know <laughs> I what you're doing.
2: That. Good <laughs> on her. She had a great... Yeah, whatever. No. That is a career worth celebrating, obviously. I think it is sad. So Lisa's
1: so- isn't. Lisa's Stop. not retiring. She's leaving the show. It's
3: different. Yeah, it's completely you,
1: different. different. Oh No, my no is- God. I can reel these kids in. Yeah, no, Robert, Throw out the fishing hook. Reel them in. It's oh. oh <laughs> so <my laughs> tricky. God. Uh, it is pretty amazing, though. Uh, 22 years at the top. Uh, she, you know, she's one of those people, people around Australia know her. If you've ever been to yeah. Adelaide, you've seen her reading the news. Her reputation precedes her. Yeah. Just an amazing figure.
3: Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. And I, what a career. I think well, the, the troublesome thing here for, for Channel 7 now is, is finding the right person to fill the shoes and carry it on.
0: But you know what, though? They'll make sure that whoever they put in those shoes is about a quarter of the price. That Ms Doyle was on. That's kind of... Because they did the same with, you know, Kay McGrath also left Seven up here who would have been on that tasty, tasty 1980s money and Doyle would have been the same. And that's uh, that's just not sustainable anymore.
1: No, it's not. Coming up, why I believe Channel 10 has a future hit on its hands. A big TV star faces some pretty serious charges and we'll find out what everyone's been watching when we open the TV Binge Box.
0: And now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches. Jason David Frank, one of the original Power Rangers, has died at age 49. Both an actor and mixed martial artist, Frank was known for playing Tommy Oliver, the Green Power Ranger, in the original TV series from the 90s. Frank frequently reprised his role in other iterations of the franchise. Sources told TMZ his death was sadly due to suicide. Former Nine Sports presenter Cameron Williams has been charged with a domestic violence offence. In a statement, police said they were called to a property in the Hunter region following reports of a domestic-related incident. A 59-year-old man was arrested and charged with common assault. Police confirmed to the ABC the man arrested was Williams. A long-time presenter for Nine, Williams had left the network earlier this year due to increasingly poor health. He will appear at Singleton local court later this week. Ellen Pompeo, the star of medical drama series Grey's Anatomy, has finally addressed fans and confirmed that she is set to exit the series after 19 seasons. Pompeo has played the iconic role of Meredith Grey in more than 400 episodes, telling fans she is both grateful and humbled by their love and support they have shown her. Stopping short of explaining why she is departing from the series, the door has been left open for her to cameo and narrate future episodes. Her final episode as a regular cast member will air in the US in February. Hit anthology series The White Lotus has been renewed for a third season. The series, which was created, written and directed by Mike White, will again feature a new cast of characters staying at a luxury resort. The decision came after only three episodes had aired of the show's second season where an uptick in viewership was recorded compared to the first. From Hawaii to Italy, the question for season three is what luxurious backdrop will be next? And Rob, that is this week's hatches and dispatches.
1: I did hear a rumour they're going to come to Bris Vegas next year.
0: <laughs> oh, what a luxury. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, it's time Ooh. to open the TV binge box and find out what everyone's been watching. Abby, let's start with you.
2: Okay, I'm very excited. I feel like I've been waiting for my moment for binge box. And <laughs> two shows, <laughs> two, mate. only two, two shows. shows. <laughs> the first one is. It's technically a podcast, but it's a visual podcast, so it counts as a show. And...
1: Rob's Monsters br- Who Murder, Serial Killer confession. <laughs> Absolutely not.
2: Um, it is- <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Mine's well, a little more lighthearted. But you can get
1: it for a video podcast, everyone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, mine's a little more light-hearted. It's called Frenemies. So <laughs> 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 Robo's laughing because I talk about this show all the time. I'm constantly re-watching it. Essentially, um, Ethan Klein hosts the H3 podcast. During the height of COVID, he had trisha paytas co-host an episode a week with him after they had been enemies on the internet then kind of came together trisha started dating ethan's brother-in-law they're now married anyway it's a long story basically this was just a weekly podcast where they just talked about like pop culture anything they did trivia and it was hilarious. They had massive fights, massive falling out. It only lasted 39 episodes because there was a massive blow up in the last episode. She stormed off, show got cancelled. Very very entertaining highly recommend frenemies and then my other show which is also a rewatch, which i just do on a constant loop is gilmore girls um so basically (laughs) ever since i was 10 i've just gone from beginning to end and then started again at the beginning and yesterday i just started back on season one um every time i watch it i get something different out of it and i just love it and those are my two shows
0: beautiful see that's how
3: you do it
2: thank you
1: (laughs) nicely done uh, Matthew, what have you been watching?
3: Oh, little old me. Well, everything that I've said in the last few podcasts, plus these two that I'll highlight this week. Um, so I've been watching Survivor. Now, I always watch the current seasons that, that air, but I've gone back and watched season two, which is uh, the Australian Outback. So it was filmed in Australia. And it, to me, the reason why I'm highlighting it is it just, this was the highest rating Survivor season in, in its history. It mm. aired after the Super Bowl. It, it was huge. Uh, obviously off the back of the you know Richard Hatch first season. And it just it's very interesting how it's so much about the survival and the, the characters, they're all very nice. There's only one villain. Now it kind of feels like everyone's a villain because they're all there to play strategically. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a really good essence of old school Survivor. So I'm sure a lot of people that might listen to this podcast might have watched that season. So this is the call out to go revisit that. Because it's really refreshing to watch that and not some of the new stuff that is. Now, even though I still like that. The other one that I will mention is The Walking Dead, which as of today, podcast recording time, aired its series finale after 11 seasons and 12 years. Absolutely huge show that did amazing, probably dropped off in the last few seasons. But the finale was incredible. So much fan service, so much um, just dedication and commitment. By by the crew, the cast to, to put this finale together it, in COVID times as well. Uh, it really was a great way to cap off a monumental series. Um, so
1: sorry, dedication. They did their jobs, but just oh.
3: <laughs> f- filling it, like like just telling, like giving it a nice wrap, not just letting it oh. finish. Like it just, it, it gave it time. It wasn't all about a, a conflict. Like the last, without trying to spoil too much, the last good bit. It's literally just wrapping up everyone's stories. And sometimes you don't get that with a lot of finales and shows. I just think that they, they knew that their fans wanted a good sending up for not just the big characters, but every character. And I think they achieved that.
1: I really loved the way Six Feet Under ended, the way that wrapped up everyone's storyline. That was really interesting. It had the montage of everyone's deaths. Uh
2: <laughs> cool. spoiler, yeah. thank you. Because it was a though. show
1: it was a show uh, set at a morgue, so it was all mm-hmm. around death, and so it showed the moment every person died. Robo, what have you been watching?
0: <laughs> um, I've been watching rewatching actually Extras, uh Ricky Gervais. Oh, great. Uh, on Stan. Sure. Just it but
1: you know Yeah laugh
0: yeah. Ricky? <laughs> um, yeah. um, the, the thing no, no, about that, though, yes, is yeah. it's really <laughs> uncomfortable. And thats I know that's the point of the show, but it, sometimes it just gets a bit too uncomfortable for me. It's just oh, so yeah. – there's no music <laughs> and it's just – oh, it's like, oh, this is so cringe, but I love it. Um, also, uh, as – uh, Abby said about Gilmore Girls being her go-to. Thirty Rock is still my go-to. I keep watching that all the time as well.
3: Um, I have a question. Uh, I, this might deviate off-topic, but when there's like everyone has a comfort show. For my, for me, it's it's Friends. Abby, you said with Gilmore Girls that you go from, like, the end and you just start again. I'm one who, like, I don't start from the beginning again. Like, I just jump to random episodes. Am I weird or does everyone yeah, just restart it? but not no, for that no. reason.
2: No, I, I get what you're saying. I can do that with Gilmore Girls, but I think the difference between Gilmore Girls and Friends, sorry, Robbo, I know this is your box, but the difference between Gilmore Girls and Friends, Friends, there's not as much of a through storyline. Right, okay. You know what okay. I mean?
1: There's evolution though, but I do it with Big Bang Theory. I'll go through the whole series and then go back to the beginning. Oh, see, I I really do that. If
3: I'm re-watching a show, I'll just jump in wherever I want. I don't care.
1: No.
0: So I've only just started to do that with 30 rocks. So I would be probably on my 400th watching it from beginning to end, beginning to end, yeah, and right. now I've only just started to uh, what they call cherry picking. Mm. Hey, right, Robbo, right.
1: go and have a look at Season 4, Episode 22 <laughs> and Season 4, Episode 23. Real,
0: real pearly. Real of, oh. Yeah, real strong. That's it for me.
1: I've, I've been watching, um, look, I've got to say, have been watching Taskmaster UK. Jasmine, my daughter, had discovered clips of it on YouTube, and I went. I'm sure it's playing somewhere. It's playing on Binge, so we are now binging it on Binge and going through the whole series. And and I've got to say that if Channel Ten only bottle, uh, only can extract half the bottle, this show has the the lightning. Mm. This show has in a bottle. Channel Ten are on an absolute winner with Tom Gleeson doing it. This is such a fun show. Mm. It it's not even a doesn't even appear to be a very expensive show but it's just a fun show with a whole bunch of comedians doing their thing. I'm really, really addicted to it. And I'm really excited about Channel 10 bringing this show to Australia next year. The other one that I've watched is a show called Meet Cute. It's a movie about to premiere on Amazon Prime. It's got Kaylee Cuoco from the Big Bang Theory and Pete Davison. And it's a time travel show. And it, It is fantastic. It goes in places you don't expect. It's a little Groundhog Day because she is choosing to relive. She can go anywhere in time, but she's choosing to relive the last 24 hours again and again because she's trying to have the perfect day, but not even have the perfect day to, to recreate the perfect day for her. And What's interesting about it is that she isn't trying to manipulate him into loving her or anything like that. She's just trying to have this moment again and again rather than get on with her life. So it's different to Groundhog Day in that way. She's not trying to get to a point where she has to get all the elements right. She's just wanting to find happiness. This is a really interesting film. I don't think it's going to do any great business, to be honest, because I think it'll slip under the radar. Pete Davison is brilliant in it. Kaylee really Cuoco like it. plays a very different character to the one she's played before. I loved this. Loved it and can't recommend it enough. Meet Cute. Meet Cute. Probably on Amazon Prime this week, I think. I think around the 25th it comes out. And one last thing. If you are watching Andor on Disney+, Plus, I'm not doing a third. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying <laughs> make That's sure you watch the full credits. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying.
2: Or all right. allow it.
3: A PSA. Right? A
1: PSA. Yeah. PSA, yes. All right, now it's time for our group binge. And Robbo, it was your choice last week. You can't ask that. Uh,
0: yeah, You Can't Ask That is a brilliant show that has actually been adapted to many other markets right around the world because it just works. It's simple in its nature uh, and it's absolutely perfect. And it is one of those things where you might see someone in a wheelchair or you might see uh, you know, someone who likes to hang upside down while they sleep and you want to know – different things about that. Why do they do it? What is it like to be that person? What is life like for them? Um, no surprises. I watched the gay man one, uh, and I was enlightened. You know, I, there was a lot of stuff in there that I'd never heard of, um, but it was it was really good because it is just those things. It's, it's almost like, it's like where you can just sit in a corner and just get to know these answers to questions that you've mm. probably been wondering for a long time, uh, and now you can finally actually work that out you know and they've they've done stuff before with people who are quadriplegics or paraplegics and obviously one of the questions is can you have sex do you have sex and those are the kind of things that oh, you know people people want to know um but not just that I think yeah that that made me sound like a creep but um you know what I mean uh, it's just those questions that everyone has about everyone else and it's lovely
2: I think the world would be a better place if everyone watched this show because i think there are so many groups of people that we do not hear their voices and it Mm. just humanizes them in a really simple digestible way and i love it i think it's a great show i've seen a lot of it before i haven't watched all of it um but yeah i think more people should watch it i think the world would be a better place if people were more understanding i guess
0: yeah, I, you know what? Sorry, really quickly, I would love to see the unedited questions though, because mm. I don't think that they all sound like that when they come through the inbox. <laughs> so one of the questions in the in the gay one was, oh, "So you put your willy up someone's bum?" and I'm like, "There's no way that was written." <laughs>
3: That's too yeah. good. Um, you know, I, I, I've also seen a couple episodes here and there, but going through just iView and looking at all the different seasons, what I could watch, because mm. oh, which one am I going to pick? And, like, some of them were really complex. Some of them were qu- just quite simple. I love that. I ended up watching two. And I don't know if it speaks volumes about what I chose, but I hope no one gets any ideas. But I watched um, Cheaters and Killed Someone because I just mm. thought that they were really interesting. <laughs> I, was, I was curious because I've done neither of, of those things. But you do
0: that. You do them in that order, though, wouldn't you, Cheetah? <laughs> cheetah.
3: Oh, I would hope so. Oh my god! Otherwise, yeah. it, okay. I'm not. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> well, that I, was um, dark. <laughs> but it was just interesting because, it, 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 yeah. Anyway, I'm done. No, I got. I got nothing bad. It was great.
1: It's I can't great. say this show does much good- for me.
2: What episode did oh. you watch? Uh,
1: well, look, I've always thought it's a good concept, but it's just never tickled my funny bone. And the latest episode, they have literally run out of ideas. You can't ask that. Bogans. (laughs) Literally, it was an episode about bogans. Oh my God. What's it like like to be a bogan? Who gives a shit?
2: But you've got to have some light and shade. Yeah, you picked a silly episode. Not every episode is going to be like. Met, like people who have killed someone I or gave little, like,
1: uh, it, keep it a little look, light it's great for you people that need to go inside other people's lives you and you find people. out if paraplegics have sex good on you, have fun with that <laughs> oh it's God. just not me, I don't need to know what everyone else is doing
0: <laughs> oh, I do <laughs> maybe I not really true but <laughs> yeah I didn't think it was true
1: <laughs> but no, I, I can't say this show does anything for me really oh. fair enough
3: there you go. Well, three out of four ain't bad. Yeah. Three out of four ain't. <laughs> bad. Good choice. All Robert.
1: right. So, who is doing next week? Abby, is it your choice?
2: Sure, I can go. Am I? Am I allowed back on the show next week? No, we'll just talk about it. Without <laughs> okay, <you>. fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, start, a,
1: start a Twitter petition while it's still there to okay, see if I'll you can come <laughs> I will.
2: Um, Severance <laughs> on Apple TV. Plus Okay, so Robbo, was called. it your choice No, 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 no. Excuse me. You'll actually really oh, like Severance.
0: No, 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 no. I've watched it. It have is. Oh, w- sorry. I don't want anyone to assume what my reaction was,
1: so I'll keep that for next week. <laughs> Wait, can you? I, I, I don't have Apple TV.
2: We'll just get a free trial or something. Oh, oh okay. Severance. All right. Severance well, you on Apple TV. can get Apple a seven-day free trial. Yeah, Severance.
3: Abby will give us a password. It's my parents' password, but sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. That brings us to the end of this edition of TV Black Box. You can tell we're getting closer to summer non-rating spirit, can't you? Although there's a lot of stories around. Abby Mickelson, thank you for being here. You bring joy and a warmth and I love having an argument with you.
2: Thank you. I know you do. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Matthew <laughs> Simmons and David Robo Robinson, thank you for your company. I'm Rob McKnight. Don't forget, for the latest in television news, go to tvblackbox.com.au. It's where people in the industry get their news. We will see you possibly next week. I think next week, maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> TBC.
4: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods